1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: You know, often people get to the end of their life and they're filled with regrets or or wish things were different or wish they could go back and change things or they they leave behind a total mess in, in their family. But when you follow Christ and you live for Jesus Christ, you can die in peace. You can come to the end of your life satisfied and full knowing that the blood of Jesus Christ covers all of your sins, covers all of your mistakes, and you can die without regret.
1: In today's message, Pastor Dan will remind you that in Christ Jesus, there is fullness and a joyful life in store. Since the Garden of Eden, life has been set for us. There are a set number of days that we get on this side of eternity, and what matters is how we choose to use those days. Many people come to the end of their life with regrets about broken relationships, past sins, or unfinished forgiveness. But in Christ, all of our sins are forgiven, and we can enter into eternity with a clear mind. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 25 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Most often, parents don't have a will, they don't have a clear plan of how they want their estate divided up among their children, and then they die. And, and, and a lot of, a lot of uh, adults think, well, you know, well, just the kids will just divide it up, they'll, they'll just decide who gets what. And especially when you have a lot of kids in the mix, like Abraham here. And then they then they die and and then these disputes arise among the children. And here's here's what happens. (laughs) You'll have one of the kids say something like, Well mom told me, Mom told me I could have her engagement ring after she dies. Well mom didn't tell us. And why should you get it? And then you, you get you get this conflict, and you well it's not fair that you get mom's engagement ring, and it's not fair that you you get the china, and it's not. I, and mom promised me, dad promised that you know, and and feelings get hurt, and family members stop speaking to each other, or worse, they get a lawyer. Well, I'll sue. I'm gonna sue over the porcelain figurines you know you're not going to get them and, and in all seriousness it leaves a great big mess it leaves a great big mess you as a parent if you're a parent as, as part of the legacy that you leave your children take care of that take care of that for them get your estate in order get a will Communicate to your children what your plan is, what you want them to have. Take care of that while you're, you're still living, just like Abraham did. It is going to spare your family. Because even the best families, even the best families fight over that kind of stuff. You know, a parent has died. There's a lot of emotion involved. The, you know, there's sibling history and all of that stuff just comes out with the nicest of families that love each other and people end up dividing over stupid stuff you know and so just take care of that for your for your children's sake it's just part of your your legacy if you don't have those things in order make that your new year's resolution i'm just going to get things in order and I'm going to go through it with my kids so that everybody knows who's getting what. And so there's no, no, no dispute after we die, you know, kind of thing. And oh, by the way, if you notice with Abraham, uh, you don't have to divide your stuff up evenly with your kids. He didn't. You, know, you can divide it up however you want. That's, that's just extra information for you. I'm just adding that on there. But Isaac got all the property, all of it. The brother's just got a, you know, a check, and that's it. So verse seven. So this is the sum of the years of Abraham's life which he lived, 175 years. And look what it says in verse eight. "Then Abraham breathed his last, something all of us will experience one day. And he died in a good old age. An old man and full of years and was gathered to his people. And so Abraham passes away. He passes off the scene. Again, we've, we've been walking with Abraham, following Abraham here since chapter 12. And now he comes to the end of his life. He breathes his last breath. And it says he died in a good old age. He dies as an old man. This is a fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham in Genesis 15, 15, where God said that Abraham would be buried at a good old age. And again, even during this, this, this sad occasion when Abraham passes, even in it, uh, we can see God's faithfulness. We can see that God kept his word That Abraham did die at a good old age, just as God said he he would. God kept his word to Abraham, even down to the smallest detail. You know, Jesus said, not one jot or a tittle of the the law of God will pass away, but all of it will be fulfilled, even down to the smallest detail. And, And here, you know, Abraham died at a good old age, just as God said he would. God remembered that promise that he would make. That he made. You know we may not remember that promise. But God remembered that promise. And God kept that promise. And then notice it says that Abraham died full of of years. Now it, it says that he died in a good old age. It says that he was an old man. And that he was full of years. Saying that he was full of years is not just a third way to say that he was old when he died. When it says that he died full of years. That means he lived a full life. That he lived a satisfying life. That his years were full. The life of faith in God is a full life. It's not always an easy life. It's not always a perfect life. But it's a full life. It's a satisfying life. When you think about Abraham. Abraham dwelt in a tent his whole life when he, when he died. The only property he owned was a burial cave in Machpelah. And, and maybe a couple wells for water. Abraham's life wasn't full because of all the stuff he owned or because he had a big house or a bunch of expensive toys. Those things do not make for a satisfying life. They don't make for a full life. There's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with having a big house. There's nothing wrong with having, you know, expensive toys or owning a bunch of stuff, but those things are not going to satisfy you. Here's a guy who lives his whole life in a tent. All he owns is a cemetery plot. And yet at the end of his life, he's full of years. He's he's lived a satisfied life. Abraham's life was full because he chose to follow God. God is what made his life full. His satisfaction came from the Lord. Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. They will be satisfied. That was Abraham. His life was full. His life was satisfied. He lived a full life because of his relationship with God. Because he chose to follow the Lord. And then he he dies. He dies as an old age, full of years, just uh, just satisfied with with his life. In Hebrews 11, it says of Abraham that he was a foreigner and nomad here on the earth because he was looking forward to, to a better place, a heavenly homeland. So Abraham lived his whole life here on the earth looking forward to his heavenly homeland, looking forward to heaven. So in death, in death, what Abraham lived for was finally realized. His faith became sight. He went to his real home, his heavenly homeland. And so he's got, he's got this satisfying life, this full life because, he's a, because of his a relationship with God and following God, and then in death he goes to his heavenly homeland that he's been living for and longing for all along. You know, often people get to the end of their life and they're filled with regrets or or wish things were different or wish they could go back and change things or they they leave behind a total mess in, in their family. But when you follow Christ and you live for Jesus Christ, you can die in peace you can come to the end of your life satisfied and full, knowing that the blood of Jesus Christ covers all of your sins, covers all of your mistakes, and you can die without regret. Just full of years. Full of life. A life that was satisfying. And I love the way that Abraham's death is described here. Look at the verse again, the end of verse 8. The way... It's described, it says, and he was gathered to his people. When Abraham died, he was gathered to his people. Now, this is the first time we find this phrase in the Bible. He was gathered to his people. It's used ten times, only in the Old Testament, only in the Law of Moses, only in the first five books of the Old Testament. He was gathered to his people. Now, I want you to note here that in verse 9, Abraham is buried. At Machpila. So when it says he was gathered to his people, uh, that is not talking about burial. And I point that out because sometimes you'll read in commentaries or you'll, or you'll hear people say that, that that's all that that means. He was gathered to his people. It just means he was buried in a, in a family family tomb. But being gathered to your people is not the same as burial because it makes that distinction here. Uh, you know, he, he dies... And after he dies, you know, he breathes his last breath. Then he's gathered to his people. And then his body's buried. So it's not the same thing as being buried. This phrase, to be gathered to your people, it is a phrase that speaks of the afterlife.
1: Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, he'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday
2: morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel, located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. All the way back here in Genesis. Again, uh, you'll, you'll hear people say, uh, hopefully you're not even listening to them, but just in case, you know, you're watching TV and you stumble on somebody. Uh, you know, they'll say that, you know, in the Old Testament times, they had no concept of an afterlife. Yes, they did. <laughs> Abraham was gathered to his people. You know, for us as believers in Jesus Christ, death is not the end of, of life. There is life after death. When we, when we die, we are gathered to our people. The Apostle Paul writes that when a believer dies, he departs to heaven to be with Jesus Christ. He writes to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 23, Paul describes death as departing to be with Christ. Departing to be with Christ, he says, which is far better than staying here in the flesh. I think we'd agree with that. And so, as a believer, when we die, our physical body, which is described as just a tent, a temporary dwelling place, our physical body is left behind and it's buried or it's cremated or whatever, and our spirit, the immaterial part of you that is eternal, the part of you that's the real you, the eternal you, our spirit immediately goes into the presence of Jesus Christ, if you've trusted Him for salvation. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord Jesus Christ. You are gathered. When you die as a believer, when you die, you are gathered to your people. And who are our people? People of faith, believers, people of God, believers in Jesus Christ, including family and friends who have died in Christ. You know, one reason heaven will be so wonderful and glorious is because we will be reunited with our family and friends that have died in Christ. We'll see them again. And we'll be with them for all e- eternity. Uh, I, I, you, just like me, you probably have family in heaven, don't you? That you want to see again. Uh, my mom, for example, was a Christian. She died when I was a teenager. I, I've lived my whole adult life without my mom. I have I've, uh, became a Christian as an adult. I met my wife and got married as an adult. I've had kids. Right? And so one one day, though... I'll be reunited with my mom in heaven, and my wife will be there, and my kids will be there, and and you'll be there if you've trusted Christ, and we'll all be gathered together there in heaven, and most importantly, Jesus will be there, and we'll be gathered together with our family and friends in Christ, and we'll be around his throne worshiping him, singing worthy is the lamb who was slain, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And we'll be there together when we're all gathered to our people. Our people will gather in heaven with Jesus. There's there's this big family reunion that we're all going to go to. When we all gather together. We see each other again. Abraham died and he was gathered to his people after his death in heaven. Now, you note takers, in Luke 16, the New Testament, we see a picture of this being gathered to your people. Luke 16, Jesus tells the story of the death of a man named Lazarus. And what did Jesus say about Lazarus? Jesus said, when Lazarus died... He was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Lazarus was gathered to his people, the people of faith. And when it says he was, gathered to, uh, he was carried to Abraham's bosom, that means he was given a place of honor in heaven, seated right next to Abraham in heaven. He was gathered to his people. That's what happens when you die. You're gathered to your people. Lazarus was gathered to his people and was seated right next to Abraham so that he could lean upon Abraham's bosom as they reclined at the table. And one day we'll be gathered to our people also. Now look at verse 9. So Abraham dies and his sons Isaac and Ishmael. Remember Ishmael? Shows up at the funeral. And if if we were sitting in the funeral, you know, right now, you you would elbow the person next to you. Hey, Ishmael just walked in. I, I didn't think he'd show. But there he is. After all these years. He shows up for the funeral. Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah. You remember Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite. The field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth, that Machpelah, unless you're thinking of some other Machpelah, just to be clear, it tells you exactly what Machpelah we're talking about. There Abraham was buried and Sarah his wife. Remember Abraham buried Sarah in the cave of Machpelah. So he's buried with his Wife and Isaac is there, which is no surprise, but it is kind of a surprise that Ishmael shows up. Isaac and Ishmael together bury their father Abraham. As you know, Isaac and Ishmael weren't exactly the best of friends. And if you remember the story, uh, Abraham sent Hagar and Ishmael away. Because of Ishmael's mistreatment of Isaac. Abraham kicked Ishmael out of the house because of the way that Ishmael treated Isaac. And they've they've been estranged now. Ishmael's been away, you know, estranged from his family uh, for, for years, decades. But here, Isaac and Ishmael come together. To bury their father. You know, sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes, uh, funerals can bring family members back together. Funerals can uh, bring family members that were estranged from each other, not speaking to each other for, for years, and funerals can bring, bring people back together, where, you know, someone will show up at a funeral that you haven't seen for a long time. And, 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 and funerals can kind of serve that purpose of reestablishing relationships or mending fences kind of thing. Again, not all the time, uh, but sometimes that's, that's you know maybe one of the blessings of a funeral is it gets people in the same room that have, haven't been in the same room together for a lot of years and so verse 11 and it came to pass after the death of abraham that god blessed his son isaac and isaac dwelt at beer leheroy beer leheroy sounds like some place in hawaii to me you know <laughs> <laughs> i picture isaac you know in a hawaiian shirt you know like magnum pi or something walking on the beach in hawaii but that's not the case. So now the attention turns to Isaac. Again, Isaac is the son of promise. And notice the way it reads here. After the death of Abraham, then God blessed his son Isaac. Up to now, Isaac was blessed because he was under the household of Abraham. He was living under Abraham's roof, so to speak, And that allowed Isaac to partake of the blessings God bestowed upon his parents. But now, now Isaac is blessed by God in his own right. Isaac has stepped into the role. Now that his father's passed away, Isaac steps into the role as the leader, as the patriarch of the family. Isaac has his own faith in God. He has his own relationship with with the Lord. As, you know, as parents, you, you, you want your children to have their own relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You want them to have their, their own faith in God and choose to follow Christ on their own, and not just because mom and dad follow Christ. And so they do as long as they're living in your house, but once they grow up and move out. It, you, know, you, you, you hope and you pray as a parent that once they're an adult and they're on their own, That it would be real to them and that they would be followers of Christ as well on their own and by their own choosing. The Apostle John writes, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. As parents, just to know that your children are walking in truth. No matter whatever else they do in life or whatever career they have. Just to know they're they're walking with the Lord and they're following Christ. And so Isaac here, he steps into this role as the leader of the family, as the priest of the family in the covenant. God made with Abraham is now transferred to Isaac. Uh, in chapter 17 verse 21, God said he would establish his covenant with Isaac after Abraham and he does here and Isaac dwelt at Beer and, and now the focus of Genesis will be on Isaac.
0: He asked me how I am Truer than the finest crystal.
1: Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how he interacts and intercedes with those he's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together, after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth.
0: I see the signs and I recognize